You are listening to Sermon Snippets with Max Taylor, where we exposit God's Word and apply its instruction to our everyday lives. As we study God's Word, we are learning truth that corrects our thinking, meets our needs, and teaches us more about Christ. Here's your host, Max Taylor. Today we are starting into Daniel chapter 8, and we have so much prophecy to cover in this chapter and we have all the way until chapter 12 to go so still a lot of good prophecy and visions to cover a lot of pertinent information for the day in which we live so we're going to jump right into chapter 8 here it says in the beginning in the third year of the reign of king belshazzar a vision appeared unto me even unto daniel after that which appeared unto me at the first and i saw in a vision And it came to pass when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in a vision, and I was by the river Uli. So just to introduce this vision a little bit, there are some key differences between visions we've seen in the past, and in particular chapter 7, and this vision before us now. One of the main differences that we see is the timing. He says in the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar. Now, back in chapter 5, we read about how Belshazzar was overthrown by the Medo-Persian Empire. And so that tells us that this is not in chronological order. So when this vision would have actually occurred in the time frame would be between the events recorded in chapter 4 and chapter 5 of Daniel. So just for us to keep in mind, um, this would have happened a while earlier. And that leads to the second big difference, which is kind of the reason why this is out of order in the first place. And that is that we have concluded this section that is written in Aramaic. At the end of chapter 7 is where the Aramaic section stops, and now we switch back to the section that's written in Hebrew, starting in chapter 8. And that's because, really, the perspective is different. Um, Chapters 2 through 7 are written from a worldly perspective, written to just the world in general, whereas chapters 8 through 12 is specifically directed at the Jewish people, um, at their history, and what they can expect in the future. So that's a big difference that we need to keep in mind as we go throughout this. That's why it's divided like this. It wasn't written chronologically because then you'd be switching from the uh, worldly mindset to the Jewish mindset and back and forth. So it's written this way on purpose. And then we see kind of the location of the vision. It talks about uh, being written uh, when Daniel was at Shushan in the palace. And Shushan was then, at the time of this writing, in the Babylonian Empire. But later it became a favorite uh, winter palace for some of the Persian emperors. Um, and so we, we read about that as well. Um, and it says, by the river Uli. And we don't know if Daniel lived in this area, or if maybe he was just transported there as part of this vision, if this is just what he was seeing. Um, So that's not exactly clear, but we do know that that's the location. Now, the final big difference between chapter 7 and chapter 8 is the content. It's the topics that are discussed here. Chapter 7, as we spent a lot of time elaborating on, is mainly focused on Rome. Okay, so remember what we've talked about the past few weeks, and I won't be offended if you don't. But Rome is the the emphasis of chapter 7. Okay, and so when it talks about the fourth beast, and it talks about a little horn that rises up 
um, in the midst of the ten horns, and then that little horn replaces three other horns. That is specifically referring to the Antichrist, who is um, categorized and depicted as the Roman, um, as an offspring of the Roman Empire. And we gave three main reasons that prove that. One is comparing scripture with scripture. Uh, we looked at, you know, Daniel chapter 2, the image uh, with the legs of iron. And then we looked at places like Revelation 13 and Revelation 17 that point to the beast being Rome. The second big reason was the description of what the beast does. And the third one has to do with the nature of prophecy. Basically, as prophecy, um, as time moves on, we can look back and observe how prophecy was fulfilled. And so we see that that identifies the best with Rome. Okay, now to differentiate chapter 7, chapter 8 focuses on the Greek empire. And it's a subtle nuance here, but it's important. It's not just a matter of semantics because in chapter 8, we're going to see another little horn and that's not going to represent the Antichrist directly. It's actually going to point to Antiochus Epiphanes because he is the Greek person who embodies the description in this vision. But at the end of the day, Antiochus Epiphanes was a forerunner of the Antichrist. So they're they're kind of the same type of person, but it's just important to note that it is representing two different people. And so some Bible teachers and commentators kind of get those mixed up. Okay, so just bear in mind as we go through chapter 8 that the emphasis, the perspective, is on the Greek empire, not quite on the Roman empire. We talked about that in chapter 7. So let's continue and let's get into this vision and see what it says. It says in verse 3, Then I lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram, which had two horns, and the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. So we know that this is the, the Media Persia Empire, and those are the two horns. Media was the first horn, and then Persia is the second one. Um, and Persia became more powerful. That's why it's represented as the higher horn, but it came up last. Okay, so it started out as smaller, but then it outgrew Media. And we know that this is the Persian Empire because if we look ahead in chapter 8 over to verse 20, it says, The ram which thou sawest having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia. So, and, and by the way, this happens so much in Scripture that the Bible interprets itself this happens in the parables that Jesus taught um, and all over the place in the prophets in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament with Revelation. So as you study God's word, the Bible will teach you itself what it means. You don't have to have some teacher. You don't have to have a podcast you listen to to teach you this. I'm not telling you anything that I made up. It's all right here in scripture. So when I say that the Ram is Media Persia. That's just because in verse 20, it tells us what it is. So you can always study the Bible on your own, and the Bible will teach you itself what it means. And the same goes for seeing the perspective of chapter 7 being Rome and chapter 8 being Greece. All these things that I'm, that I'm telling you, the Bible uh, validates itself. So we'll, we'll continue here. We know that that's the ram here. So what about this ram? It says, verse 4, I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward so that no beasts might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, but he did according to his will and became great. And that's exactly 
what Persia did. It expanded, became a powerful super empire back in this day. Verse 5 says, And as I considered, behold, an he-goat. So here's a second animal, second figure here. And he-goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with choler against him. And he smote the ram and brake his two horns. And there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground and stomped upon him. And there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. And this is none other than Alexander the Great. And we've talked about him a little bit before. Fascinating individual of history. And actually, I'm going to include in the notes to this episode a document that I, um, I'll put a link to it. But it's a document that I compiled last year when I was studying through the book of Daniel from a Wikipedia article called Military Tactics of Alexander the Great. And you know what's fascinating is that this prophecy about Alexander the Great, about the goat coming against the ram, which is Persia, literally came true exactly in the battle where Alexander fought Darius. And and that's what this article kind of shows, which is mind-blowing. Um, the beginning of the article kind of talks about some of the military tactics. We've already talked about Philip II of Macedonia, um, his military genius and contributions. He invented basically a little bit longer of a spear that helped them, gave them advantage in, in warfare. He also came up with the Macedonian flanks, which was a basically like a position that they would have in, in battle, um, certain military um position that they had so as as you go down though you'll see the hammer and anvil tactics of alexander the great explained and then you'll see the battle that this passage is talking about and you see the army of darius compared to the army of alexander the great alexander had about forty-seven thousand men compared to between 100,000 and 250,000 soldiers for persia now persia was a massive army that's like a quarter of a million men in the field um compared to alexander's 50,000 men crazy but what happened is exactly what we read in scripture um alexander basically he spread out his right flank um and then as he attacked he drew away the soldiers of the persians and then when an opening was created it, it almost looks like a some kind of a a play on like a football game. Um, but when there's an opening, he ran through the middle of the opening with great speed, just like this goat with one horn going to stomp the ram. And he literally crushed the army of Darius. He actually almost caught Darius, but he turned around to save his army instead as it was facing, obviously, um, a huge force. Uh, so anyway, take a look at that because it's so hard for me to... Uh, verbalize but if you kind of visualize it and you kind of see what happened that's exactly what's described here in daniel chapter 8 um just the ram running with speed attacking straight like literally right through the center 
of the Persian line coming right to the ram and stomping on him. And verse 8 says, Therefore the he-goat waxed very great. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. And we'll talk about that as we go forward and how basically the Greek empire gave rise to Antiochus Epiphanes, who is a forerunner of the Antichrist. All very significant history. And that leads me to how I want to conclude this episode. And that is just to remember the importance of studying history related to the Jews. That's what this episode really is all about. Alexander the Great, he's included in Daniel chapter 8 because it's all about God's plan for Israel. It's directed towards the Jews. And you need to study history related to the Jews. And now is a prime time to do that. With the war going on in Israel, with all of the ramifications, how it affects the West, how it affects everyone in the world. Um, and if, if you want to look a little bit more into uh, what's going on in Israel right now, you can check out my YouTube channel. I post um, videos related to Israel more on my YouTube channel. Um, you can check out another great source is TBN Israel on YouTube. I can put some of these links in in the sources here of this episode, but you need to be studying history related to Israel, not just in the Bible. Obviously, yes, in the Bible, the whole Bible is the history of Israel, Old Testament and New Testament. You need to be studying geography. You need to be studying modern history, the state of Israel. Um, and certainly, certainly what's going on in Israel right now, because that affects us directly. Um, and that's what we get to read about here in the book of Daniel. We get to see God telling his people Israel his plan for them, how it's going to come to pass. And today, sitting from our perspective, we get to actually study how it happened. And that's the beauty of studying prophecy. We'll continue in chapter 8 next week. Thank you for listening to Sermon Snippets. If this Bible study is a help to you, consider downloading the weekly episodes or sharing this podcast with a friend. Until next time, Remember that God's word is perfect and it's everything you need to live for him.